Hello, welcome to my fourth student podcast. I'm devoting this to uh, city cycle lanes and um, associated with that the government's uh, spend of two billion pounds, billion pounds on walking and cycling uh, with another 175 million pledged last week by Graham Shapps, the Transport Minister, and talk in the morning paper of subsidising e-bikes, maybe e-scooters as well, next year. I'm afraid, I don't know what you think, but I think this is so much stuff and nonsense in, this, in the world we're living in. I hope to explain why uh, shortly. I'm dividing this into two uh, parts. The first part today, uh, the nonsense, and the next part, the stuff, how the nonsense happens. Uh, I have had some help here uh, in a year's training for this particular podcast. Um, many years ago, I, when I was in Manchester, I had a, C, a man called C.N. Glidewell as my pupil master. And uh, he was a very fine lawyer. I don't think they make them, make them like that these days. Anyway, um, he was a great lawyer and he was a great teacher. Um, his son, as this shows how great a teacher he was, his son became Ian Glidewell, Lord Justice Ian Glidewell. Um, but for me, um, I went with him in his Bristol car round planning tribunals, and he was absolutely expert with a surgical scalpel uh, when he cross-examined planners. And he's left me with a legacy which I can draw on today. Uh, what I'm going to do today is to take you on a walk, if you'll join me, up Gosforth High Street and back. It's a walk I did last week with a camera. And I'm going to show you some pictures. And they tell a story. Before I start, I will just say this about the High Street. It's actually part of the main arterial road running uh, from the centre of Newcastle out to the north. It's extremely busy because 32 bus... Oh, I think there are 32... Uh, bus services stop on that high street and um, I believe 20,000 vehicles or so use it. It's also extremely narrow. Um, uh, I had it measured once and it actually at one point the width of uh, four bus stops is wider than the width of the road. So it doesn't leave you a lot of room to work in for cycle lanes. In addition to that, quite a few vehicles park when they deliver to the shops and banks that are by the uh, that that line the road. Well, now, way back in two thousand and fourteen, the it had gone all the way through planning to have cycle lanes on that um, stretch of road, and uh, there had been consultation. I've got here the the consultation papers that were out, put out at that time. Uh, this is where the, the beautiful consultation papers that were put out at that time. And uh, very good at drawing pictures. They offered a choice. Always offer choices when it comes to consultation between Bramley apples and Coxes, as long as you choose apples. 
Anyway, the choice here was between um, cycle lanes during peak hours uh, on both sides of the high street or, in the other option, cycle lanes in both directions on the west side. Well, you can have a look at the, the, the road itself in a minute and you can measure that promise with the reality. If you wonder what it was all about, the object of the exercise, well, this is what the project manager wrote to a complainant. We are tasked with growing cycles in the city to a significant proportion of all trips under five miles. On numbers, this could easily mean that to be successful, we will need to see up to 3,000 cyclists a day using this corridor to comply with the 20% of all trips under five miles. They wanted one in five journeys under five miles to be by bike. Well, um, I have to tell you that uh, the traders conducted a professional survey and at the moment they found that there are only 70 cyclists used possibly less than that because if they were travelling both ways they're probably nearer to 50 cyclists using Gosforth High Street at the moment. But that is the that was the plan and it's be Maybe they had second thoughts, I don't know, but it's been dormant since then. But the COVID has revived it because the minister, the government decided that they want to encourage local authorities uh, to pop up, put in these pop-up cycle lanes. And consequently, the local authorities said, well, we've got one on the stocks, let's do it. So we've now got pop-up cycle lanes on the high street. And that's what I'm going to show you. Here, here's, let's start our walk here. This is at the um, southernmost part of the high street. And you will see immediately that the cycle lane is, in fact, very narrow. Um, I should also tell you that it is punctuated by bus stops. And these bus stops can be placed in one of two places. They can either be placed in the cycle lane and any cyclist would have to cycle around it into the traffic flow or it could be placed in the traffic flow and uh, pedestrians would have to cross the cycle lane. The answer as you will see is that they did both. So it's punctuated partly by um, bus stops, it's partly punctuated by roads off to the left where vehicles have to cross the cycle lane when they enter or exit those roads. Um, so it's it's punctuated by that as well. And uh, I want immediately to raise one issue that comes to my mind when I see this. I've seen a lot of cyclists in London and they, they, they don't all go at the same speed. <laughs> they overtake each other. Well, when you are looking at the high street, well, there's no way, way that they can overtake each other um, today. With the, certainly, they can't with these uh, with these pop-up bollards. But what happens even if the bollards aren't there? Well, I've got another photograph that I took a little while ago, 
which I can show you. This is further up the North Road. And this is what happens. Now this is cycle lanes. This is where you had two cyclists, one inside the cycle lane and one outside it. And it poses to me two questions. What is what happens when the third cyclist comes along behind? What does he or she do? The other thing that I must point out to you, you may see that the, that the cycle lane is not here marked by bollards or by um, uh, white lines. It's marked by what are called dragon's teeth. And what happens if a cycle moving from inside the cycle lane to outside the cycle lane, or not even doing that, catches a wheel uh, on one of those uh, projections? This is how accidents happen. You can't ignore accidents. And the more you encourage people to cycle, the more accidents there are going to be, just in the nature of things. And the NHS can do without them at this time. Anyway, let's go back to the road, and I'll show you one or two more photographs that I took. Here we've got this one. This shows you with the, the bus stop being outside the cycle lane. This is an interesting little picture. Shows what happens when you encourage young and old to, to go on scooters. Now here you have the cycle lane uh, punctuated by a road off to the left and there you can just see beyond it the, the, the bus stop which at this, at this case actually is at the side of the pavement. So any cyclists who want to uh, progress must go into the traffic flow in order to overtake the stationary bus. The one thing which the cycling lobby never seems to consider is that while they may put cycle lanes on main roads in order to give them some protection, there are many roads where there, there are no cycle lanes at all and cyclists have got to manage with what they find. So this is one of the side roads where you see the problem that the cyclist has competing with motorists for the available space. Um, I took the next photograph a few weeks ago, but it illustrates the, the, there we do see a cyclist in the cycle lane, and the tailback as well. And of course, the slower traffic moves, the more fumes there will be. So although um, the lawyers have given the um, cyclists a right to clean air, they're not going to be able to exercise that right very successfully in that cycle lane at this time. It's also worth thinking about the tailback itself because um, it's not just car drivers who are caught in that tailback. There are the passengers in the buses. We call it the man in the Clapham omnibus, but there is not the man in the Clapham omnibus. It's the man in the Newcastle omnibus, and uh, or the woman in the, in the in the Newcastle omnibus. But never mind the omnibus. What about the man in the Clapham ambulance? 
uh, or the man in the Newcastle ambulance trying to get uh, the ambulance driver trying to get to the hospital in a hurry. You can't ignore the emergency services when you're putting in these um, cycle lanes that produce tailbacks. Well, let's move on a bit more. Trinity Church. Now, Trinity Church is very interesting. This shows the vibrance of the area because uh, a million pounds has been very wisely and well spent upon making it a community hub for something like 78 organisations in and around the area. Now, uh, I was actually chairman of TIDFAS, the Art Society, and none of our members were cyclists, really. But never mind none of our members are cyclists. They don't anticipate that people are going to be cyclists because you can see just here where my finger is um, the little solitary cycle rack uh, for cyclists. And uh, I've got another picture provided by the church. And uh, this one, it actually, it's very small, but there is, a, there is actually a cycle there. Uh, so it shows you how little use there is for cyclists in this area. They're just not around. But let's get back to uh, cycle lane, the cycle lane. This is how tight it becomes later on, nearer the, nearer the, the, the crossroads at the top. And here the, the bus sits actually in the traffic itself, which is one of the reasons for the tailback. And here the cycle lane goes down to 44 inches. I measured it. Now, before I'd start the return journey, just one further observation. Um, at the top of the, the high street, there's a car park. And the planners decided to remove about a third of it in order to improve the crossroads. So they did major works and a major spend on that. Well, I have to tell you, that so far from improving the crossroads, if you're travelling south from the north, you now cannot turn right at that crossroads. Well, there we are. Anyway, let's start walking back. And here we are. I've got something which is very interesting to show you. Uh, this is the cycle lane that you will see there. I think this cycle lane... I think this cycle lane may be the shortest cycle lane in the United Kingdom and rank for that in the Guinness Book of Records. But anyway, it's there. And that's the cycle lane you've got on the way back. And the next cycle lane is right where we started. Well, between the one and the other, the cyclist has to make a choice. And I've seen them make it. The odd ones I've seen around. They can either cycle on the pavement or they can cycle in the middle of the traffic. The answer is obviously they do both. I do not think that this is just a one-off situation. Because in Newcastle, uh, in the centre of Newcastle, um, there's, what's, there's a place called John Dobson Street. And... Uh, there was an £18 million spend to put 
the cycle lane in John Dobson Street. It's a big operation to do that. Guess what? Another tailback. And so far as the cycle lane is concerned, locally it's known as a skateboard park because there are more skateboarders than cyclists. Well, this is why I say it's so much nonsense to be putting um, cycle lanes around today for the future, when the future really is the um, electric cars. Um, I know that uh, Grant Shapps and the Department of Transport said that 8 out of 10 people want more money spending on um, walking and cycling. But if you ask people whether they want turkeys for Christmas, of course they'll say they do. Of course they say they do. What about the price? And the price is in the injuries that are caused to cyclists. Now again, I have to say what I've said before, that nobody knows how many injuries there are. ROSPA, that's the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents, reports that its figures, its stats, are based on police incidents. And they themselves say that the real number could be two or three times more. It could even be more than that. But nobody asked Rospa to go to the one source which would have the answer, and that's the NHS, and ask them for the stats. But it's pretty obvious that the more cycling that you encourage, the more accidents there are going to be. But the NHS could well do without that at this time and in the coming in the coming months. But is it a priority anyway, when there are 1,200 food banks around? Is it a proper priority? And, well, you know, last night I listened to Joe Biden, the president-elect in America, um, saying what he was planning to do when he became president and when uh, Trump stopped play-acting as president. And he said, amongst other things, that he wanted to put money into fast charges, into, into the manufacture of electric vehicles. And he also said, which I was saying last time round, that he should do something to make life a bit easier for students who are bearing student debt on their backs. There are many other ways in which money can be spent and will be spent in the coming years other than this one. So that's really where I'm up to today. Uh, next time round, I will try and explain to you why this money is being spent, how it, it, it happens, why nobody is stopping it happening. And uh, what I say is uh, the, the road to L is paved with good intentions. The road to L being the road to... to lobby, two lawyers who refu refuse to write uh, a letter, uh, and to overall people that I regard as Luddites in today's world. Anyway, that's till next time, and thank you very much for listening to me today. Thank you.